Welcome back to Kia Says Some Shit Podcast, a place where we'll be discussing all things in life, according to me. I'm your host, Kia, and I definitely got some shit to say. We are coming on the tail end of January. January is known for a few things, including Capricorns, a new year, the inauguration, and detoxing. Everyone is detoxing in the month of January, considering all of the rich and hopefully delicious food we so gluttonously gorged on during the months of November and December. Comfort eating at its best. So today's topic is food porn. Now, I have seen some hits and I have seen some miss. I've seen chicken that looks so raw and uncooked that it gave me salmonella through the picture. Pasta that was coughing harder than a fish out of water. Unnecessarily soggy. I'm singing the rain rice. And then what's up with this plastic SpongeBob shaped cheese slice that seems to never melt? Are we going to just act like it's not supposed to? to melt that is supposed to be sitting on top of whatever you made unbothered, unmoved, unchanged, staring back at us right after it came out of a food sauna. Now, I'm I'm the kind of person that needs a little razzle-dazzle on the plate. In years of binge-watching the Food Network and even PBS with the Cajun chef Justin Wilson, you know, the one who used to always spike his food and drink and would say a little bit for the pot, a little bit for me. So I'm always attempting to arrange my plate where it is visually appealing. And if I take a photo, I'm using the best angles and the best light. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going to rearrange my plate until it's cold to get the right shot. But if it doesn't look appetizing to the naked eye, I know it won't translate right into a photo. And can we just admit that everything does not need to be photographed and or documented unless you are trying to build a case against that person that cooks for you because you believe that they are trying to kill you with processed meat and high blood pressure. And yes, something tastes better than it looks sometimes. But let's just keep it to looking with the eyes and not post it. I mean, moist cakes with two toothpick punctures don't make me want to run and purchase it. Some of your food porn looks like humiliation porn on a plate. Disheveled, uncomfortable, painful, stressed. Now, food porn is a glamorized visual presentation of food you either cooked or are eating. It is meant to leave the person looking at it salivating and craving for whatever is in that photo. And your photo sometimes makes me want to gag and hurl and curl into a ball and cry because you are trying to poison me. Now, one of the earliest forms of the term can be found in an article by Alexander Cockburn, published in December of 1977. In the, in the publishing, Cockburn wrote, true gastroporn heightens the excitement and also the sense of attainable by proffering colored photographs of various completed recipes. And I agree because that's what food porn is. When you look at any cookbook that has photographs, they're photographing the finished product. 
and it makes you want to make it yourself. In 1984, Rosalind Coward wrote a book called Female Desire in which she wrote, cooking food and presenting it beautifully is an act of servitude. It is a way of expressing affection through a gift that we should aspire to produce perfectly finished and presented food is a symbol of a willing and enjoyable participation in servicing others. Food pornography exactly sustains these meanings relating to the preparation of food. The kinds of pictures used always repress the process of a production. They are always beautifully lit and often touched up. The term food porn does not strictly deal with connection between food and sexuality, obviously. See, in the United States, food porn is a term applied when food manufacturers are capitalizing on a backlash against low-calorie and diet foods by marketing treats that boost a high-fat content and good artery-clogging potential. Food porn always looks best on a hamburger, some nice fries. Come on. However, with the rise of health-conscious eating, including veganism and raw food diet, pescatarianism, Food porn no longer is centered around gluttonous food, but food and its visual appeal in general. Some of us like a sexy piece of celery with a huge dollop of almond butter or a well-dressed salad. In the United Kingdom, the term became more popular in the 90s due to the television program Two Fat Ladies. After the show's produced to describe the pornographic joy the pair took in using vast quantities of butter and cream. Doesn't that sound like one of our old favorite chefs? You know, the one who liked to fry butter and mayonnaise? Paula Dean. Look, the first sense we use when we eat food is our vision or our sight. We look with our eyes at what is on our plate or the food that is on the shelf in the store. Our mind thinks that that looks good. It looks like it's something that is going to taste as good as it looks. We use sight to determine initial quality assessment. Sight is used to determine if the food has been properly cooked, is fresh with no brown spots, it looks desirable to eat, and should we purchase it. Now, over the years, scientists have found that even the color of food can change our perception about that food. Again, using the sense of sight to determine how that food might taste. For example, people perceive that if something is green, it is fresh, that is if it's a vegetable, but if it's green and it is some type of carb, meaning bread, then honey, it's not for you. It's not for you. Mm-mm. Don't buy it. Now, I would say the next step of after purchasing the food would be cooking and plating it. Plating to me sh- seems easy. It's as easy as getting dressed, but you know, some people lack the ability. I'm just saying if you've taken the time to cook, take the time to dress your plate. You can find ways of dressing on Google or YouTube. There are simple techniques to twirling pasta, taking a cup to cut rice, letting the meat rest before cutting it to it so it can savor the juices and look juicy on your plate. Smearing a reduction on a plate 
might seem like a lot of extra work, but it takes the same amount of time and energy that you put in placing your baby hair around your forehead. See, most chefs know that presentation is important. In fact, the presentation of a dish is just as important as the flavor. Food has to look good and be visually appealing for us to want to eat it. So much of what we choose to eat is based on expectations. We look at a piece of chocolate cake or a piece of carrot cake, and we can almost taste it before we touch it. In fact, good-looking food can be healthier than plain food as a visual anticipation makes our mouths salivate and our stomachs register as being hungry. It increases the flow of, of saliva, gastric and pancreatic juices, making the food easier to digest and be absorbed for all its nutrients. That's if it's nutrient-rich. Creating good-looking food is an art, and chefs are as much artists as as artisans. Arranging food carefully on a plate, ensuring no spills, and balancing the visual appeal takes time and effort. But it is worth it. And studies have shown that people will pay more for a beautifully presented dish and often perceive that they taste better than plainer ones, even when using identical ingredients. So I have been to France, and most people who cook, well, most people who become chefs, learn French technique. And depending on where you are in France, things look beautiful. They are beautifully arranged on a plate, but sometimes they have no flavor. A little beige in taste, but visually appealing. So a study by the University of Minnesota and Harvard Business School found that diners who engaged in some form of ritual behavior before eating, enjoy their meal more. This is for you guys who like to take photos. Taking a picture of your dish has become a habit, especially when it's arranged artfully on your plate. And even if you successfully cooked it, of course you would want the world to see it. Now, some of you need your your phones and cameras taken away because how dare you? Ruin my day with those cooking for bay photos. I feel for you and for bay. I, f- you know, throw the whole kitchen away, throw everything in the kitchen away, toss it all. As a matter of fact, burn it down. Seriously, some of you need to have the plate and the camera smacked out your hands. It is upsetting, and this is coming from my heart. Stop it. Now, there's nothing more appealing than a crisp texture or the ooey-gooey cheese on top of a skillet of mac and cheese. The slightest bit of oil that drips from duck confit and the reflection of a light that shines on the juices of sliced dragon fruit. All these vivid descriptions are sure to make your mouth water. But you know what doesn't make my mouth water? When I see... Beige chicken with bits of red. When uh, those square pieces of American cheese are just sitting on top of the nakedest of noodles. Nothing about that is appealing. It doesn't make my mouth water. When you add raisins to potato salad. 
uh, green bean casserole with fried onions on top. That, that, that does not excite me. As a matter of fact, I don't know who told you I like green beans or casserole or the milky shit you put in. I think that's mushroom soup, right? I don't like that. Um, you can keep that to yourself. Now, most people can't afford to eat at a high-end restaurants all the time. You know, Michelin star restaurants where there is caviar and endless list of imported wine and cheese on a regular basis. But on such occasions, when you come across dishes served in a way that you don't see anywhere else, you should definitely take your camera out or smartphone and document your gastronomic experience. Not if it gives you gastronomic issues. You need to keep those photos to yourself. Steak sliced off a sword and served onto your plates. Various types of cheeses on a card. Seafood towers. Go for it. Take photos of that. You'll have eaten so many times in your life that there's a pr- probably a pretty big chance that you might forget some of these experiences. So definitely take those photos. The most wonderful thing about social media is that it gives us the opportunity to share our lives with the rest of the world, right? We often like to use platforms like Twitter and Instagram to give others a sneak peek or a preview of what our culture, our tradition from back home are like. So show your followers how different sushi is in Japan and how that is different from that of the United States and what your national dish looks like or what kind of interesting dishes you have picked up during your latest trip. You'll get an insight to all the cuisines in the world without having to splurge on a plane ticket. Now, being someone who enjoys collecting stamps in my passport, I peruse foodie hashtags in each city I visited prior to going to have an idea of what type of food to expect and to inevitably try some of those locations in the photos. You know, bright plates and well-arranged breads or fromage or crimson prawns or peri-peri chicken, fufu or fluffy pancakes always made me salivate and heighten my eagerness to get my travel underway. Now, there was a restaurant that had recently opened on one of my last trips to Italy. Several of my friends and I were super excited to try out this restaurant at a high-end fashion brand's new location in Florence, Italy. The decor, the plates, the ambiance, the wait staff all looked amazing. The food looked delicious. But the best thing on the menu were the appetizers and not even the entrees, which was our response to anyone who questioned if they should go check out the place for themselves. Yes, you must go. Just get the appetizers. Now, photographing your food does not only open the world to people who like to travel, but it also allows you to practice mindful eating and delayed gratification. Instead of wolfing down your food, take a moment to really appreciate what you are about to eat. You know, if you want to change your eating habits, this is a perfect way to journal your eating habits. Just remember to update every time you eat or drink something. Why not take a picture of your food, right? This not only saves time, but also adds a a little element of fun into that diet regime that you are absolutely dreading. I mean, make yourself crave for that kale Caesar salad by snapping a photo of it. 
make yourself go hunger for that bowl of fruit by taking a great photo of it. Now, I've talked about travel and beautiful plates and arrangements and food porn. But can we discuss these paper plates? Why? Why do you guys take photos on paper plates? I get you don't want to wash dishes. But I don't want to see Dixie in a food porn. This is not food porn. This is amateur porn. Amateur food porn. And I mean, to some people, that is where they go when they watch porn. They hit for the amateur hour. Now, if this is about the conservation of water, I definitely get it. Yes, uh, paper plates are disposable. You can conserve water by using them. But food that hasn't come straight off the grill never looks as appetizing to me on a plate that's folded around it because of its weight. When your knife accidentally cuts through the bottom of that saturated paper plate, like, yikes. Maybe no one will notice that your meal is now partially on the table or on your lap. If you have to go to the paper plate route, why choose the option that resembles a sheet of notebook paper at a class potluck or cafeteria table party? And I'm aware that some of you might not have the means to afford dinnerware and disposable plates are all we can afford. See, I grew up in a middle-class household. And even in our middle-class household, we used paper and plastic plates. We mostly used plastic plates because if they weren't burnt in a microwave, we could wash and reuse them. Now, we did have dishware. We had dinnerware. And then we had special occasion wear. But being a mother of four and having grandkids, who wants to worry about your good dishes being broken and chipped as small hands wash the plates? And then teenagers, of course, they don't want to wash dishes anyway. However, even in using those, the food looked edible. Everything was distinguishable on the plate. Shit, everything was distinguishable on the table. All I'm saying is, if you're going to use a plastic plate or a paper plate, still place the food on it where it's appealing. And use two, because those flimsy-ass napkin-type plates that you guys use, this shit looks like Kleenex. It looks like Kleenex. It looks like you're placing your food on Kleenex. And have I placed food on Kleenex? I have, like chips. And if I don't want to get a regular napkin because I don't have time or I don't have one a paper towel in my house. But still, um, I I don't place ham hock on a napkin. Why are you? Look. Okay, I digress. All I'm saying, if porn is the portrayal of sexual subject matter for exclusive purpose of sexual arousement, then food porn should be the portrayal of food subject matter for the exclusive purpose of oral or hunger arousement. See, that is all for me today. Thank you for listening. And every Wednesday, you can find me at Kid Says Some Shit on Instagram. We can leave questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a topic you'd like me to discuss on an upcoming episode, drop it in my DMs. See you next week, guys.